0: to think about a strengths-based approach versus a more traditional approach that does focus on weaknesses is if you think about it like a star. And when we focus on, if you think about the the, the tips of the star as being uh, your strengths and the dips in the star as being your weaknesses, that when we focus on our weaknesses, it takes so much energy to make, make them just a little bit stronger, that the best we can end up with is being well-rounded.
1: What do you feel your strengths are and how do you feel you can improve upon those? Well, welcome to In the Rising podcast, the platform that I have chosen to talk about living your best life today and making a difference today and every day after. And my guest today is Jessica Teachin, who talks about these Gallup five strengths tests or basically your assessment test to really know what your strengths are. So I encourage you to listen to you to learn how to maximize your life right now. I am speaking to Jessica Teachin today and really excited to talk about all of the things that she loves to do and is a, a wife, a mother of three children, which is what, three full-time jobs, four full-time jobs <laughs> in addition um, to everything else. and. What I really liked when I learned more about you is that you said you're motivated each day by your core purpose to help people more fully enjoy their lives. And so I'd like to start off with a question, how did you finally figure out that this was your core purpose?
0: So it took me a while to really figure out what was driving me or what was giving me energy in the workplace. I managed as a vice president, a lot of different parts of, of business in the corporate world. So I did project coordination, customer service, IT, um, in addition to talent management or HR. And I knew talent management and helping people perform at their best was really what I loved the most. And, um, through some exercises and some work that I did, it's is where I ultimately landed on that. What I wanted people to experience is that one day when they look back on their life, they think I lived the best life. I lived my best life, and for me, I describe that as an exceptional life. I lived an exceptional life, and um, and and I like to think. And, and at the time, it was the workplace that I, I was working for, but was to make the workplace a part of that. That when they think back and they look on their, back on their life, they could say, "Yeah, my workplace helped me to live my best life. It contributed in a meaningful way."
1: Well, your workplace already sounds like they were a step ahead of many workplaces um, <laughs> where it's just about. Make me, make me as the corporation better, better, more producing, but realizing that your company is made of people as working parts. And as they improve, your company gets better. With all of that, how did you begin to then shift into the idea of where you say here, performance, excellent, personal accountability? How did you shift into that and learn more about that?
0: So I spent years really reading, researching, and understanding performance practices. And one of the things I I found in that discovery or in that that evaluating everything that was out there, and that's a funny story, actually, at the time, my boss wanted me to put in place uh, performance reviews, traditional performance reviews. And I did all this research and I had to look at him and say, that's a really bad plan. Like that, I can tell you, is absolutely not going to help us. And through all the research and and ultimately um, a lot of it done by Gallup, it shows there's tremendous data that shows that that doesn't work. And so that information led to beginning to look at what are the practices, what are the things that you need to do in an organization or in a workplace to truly make it exceptional, to truly make it something different, And at the time, becoming what we ultimately became a Gallup Global Exceptional Workplace, winning that award three times. At the time, that was a pipe dream to me. That Mm -hmm. was a. You know, yes, that would be amazing someday for that to happen. But I just wanted us to be better than we were. And um, and so that's what led me to crafting the the four, I, I call them the four keys to peak performance, um, and ultimately our strategy to how to operate at your best every day.
1: Now, with that, you know, saying that the traditional performance review may not be the best, app, you know, option. Just just hearing that what kind of feedback did you have from that where someone you know just like all in let's go with your idea Jessica or was was there kind of like a like the the gasp in the room like what do you mean
0: <laughs> yeah there <laughs> was definitely there? The, there was definitely the gasp um there was the nope that's best practice that's what everybody does now mind you this was 10 years ago so a lot has changed um and and there's a lot newer research now that makes that so much more obvious. But at the time it was really just starting to shift. So that was all pretty new. So I really had to come in and I work in a technical space. I have for the last 10 years, I work in with engineers and um, very technically minded resources, analytical resources. And so I had to come in with the data. I had to come in with the statistics and the research that supported that moving the direction of uh performance reviews was m- likely to have a negative rather than a positive impact on our workplace.
1: Yeah. So you shifted the idea, I understand the data, the analytical. And what you also talked about were your own top 5 Gallup strengths. I'd like you to share share that and what it is and how people can learn more about this because I think that is it's it's a personality test but it's like squared personality test squared or something like that.
0: Yeah. I, one of the ways that, um, Gallup or when I did my certification training for Gallup, one of the ways they described it was, uh, most personality assessments get you in the neighborhood. Gallup's strengths, Clifton strengths finder gets you to the furniture in the house. It gets Mm. you to that level of specificity and detail to help you optimize your strengths or talents. So it's called the Gallup Clifton strengths finder. You can purchase it um online off Gallup's website anybody can do that it's 1999 for your top five i think it's now around uh fifty dollars for your your full 34. um and uh and it gives you the the result of that is a rank of 34 different talents and which of those are the strongest and which of those um show up or are the least uh, strong in you as an individual, and their approach—the strengths-based approach—is just phenomenal. It just makes such a difference, um, both in the workplace, but also I've used it just as much in my role as wife and mom, um, and in in really, you know, how my husband and I co-parent with our kids and how we how we raise our kids. Having an understanding of your strengths just has such an impact, and so. It's all about understanding your talents, your natural ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving so that you can apply them in ways that bring value to your your life and allow you to use them more intentionally. Yes.
1: And there is this premise behind that because with this whole podcast being in the rising, how can we rise up? There can be, I guess, different shifts of thought that we all want to work on our weaknesses. We, we are not my weaknesses or needs to improvement or not as strong. But if we work a lot on that, we leave our strengths kind of in this bubble where we're not becoming stronger in our strengths. Like this is an inherent talent. How do you feel that becoming stronger in your strengths can actually help you in your workplace and in your home life?
0: Yeah. So a lot of ways. The way I like to think about a strengths based approach versus a more traditional approach that does focus on weaknesses is if you think about it like a star. And when we focus on, if you think about the 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 tips of the star as being uh, your strengths and the dips in the star as being your weaknesses, that when we focus on our weaknesses, it takes so much energy to make make them just a little bit stronger. That the best we can end up with is being well rounded. Mm. Instead, if we apply a strengths-based approach and we focus our energy on our strengths and learning, not ignoring our weaknesses, but learning how to manage around our weaknesses, we can actually become even bigger stars. We can become even stronger performers and potentially the best in the world at whatever it is we choose to do, which is Gallup's definition of strengths is how to become Mm -hmm. the best in the world at what you do best. And so- you know i think understanding that and then looking at your life uh situations whether it's your relationships or your roles and how can you then apply those in a way that strengthen or allow you to use the things that come naturally so I'll give you an example my husband in a, in a family setting my husband has high analytical which happens to be my number 34 strength very very <laughs> at the bottom So I can do numbers, but I do not like to. Um, And it takes me a long time. It takes me a lot of energy. I feel depleted when I'm done. So he will always handle the numbers. If if there's something to do with numbers, it, it is best that he perform that in our family. Likewise, communication is my number one. I think it's somewhere near his bottom, not 34, but somewhere near his bottom. So if there's something like asking questions of the doctor, having the parent teacher conferences, figuring out what we're going to do with our kids, those are, are places that um, that really my strengths are best applied. And so if you can start to understand what, you, what comes naturally to you and what you enjoy most, then you can really allocate responsibilities based upon that.
1: And I think that is um, really helpful, especially in a work environment. Uh, because when you're addressing who has what, it's just a natural strength because you, it defines itself a little bit, but we have these roles with titles, but you can just make everything better, you know, Mm -hmm. can totally be a better star. And so you've done a lot. You've done a lot. What are you now transitioning to do? Like, you know, you have your, your website up. What are you offering? How are you serving to be a brighter star for others?
0: So I'm just in the midst of transition. So I'm transitioning out of my um, space in the corporate world, um, handing over those responsibilities. And I've just published um, my first book called The Exceptional Life Revolution. And um, as part of that, I've established my business called Evolving to Exceptional, where we're going to work with initially um, workplaces to to help other workplaces become exceptional workplaces like I've done in, in my smaller organization. And then also I want to take the same... Um, the same principles and practices and strategies that are applied in the corporate space and make them accessible and available to those who exist outside of that. So whether that is people that perform m- most of, I like to call it the unpaid work at home, because that work is still very much work um, so that they have access to those same tools, those same resources, or other you know, entrepreneurs or people that are maybe one or two person companies and don't have the same big programs making those same types of tools and resources and strategies available to those individuals as well. Wow.
1: So you wrote a book, right? And that is, um, that's a huge deal (laughs) that I had heard like 91% of the population wants to write a book. Only 3% actually does. And you did it with three children and a job and building a business. So obviously, maximizer is <laughs> something really um big for you. That's your one of your five top strengths. What would you say as um, for some corporate uh, corporation looking to maximize? what would be like in that first paragraph of conversation, what what are you looking to um, I guess based off their
0: common questions, what would you offer as strategy, tactic,
1: education, information?
0: So one of the things that's really important to me is you've got to start with kind of the right uh, makeup to begin with. So you've got to have really strong leadership alignment and commitment to creating that type of workplace. And if you're not, then you're not going to make the same the same uh progress you're not going to have the same impact. So it, it, when I'm get when I work with a workplace it's got to be um that the whole leadership is really bought in to that vision of of bringing about change in the organization or at a minimum the most key leaders are the the mm-hmm. the president and the CEO has to be committed to that vision. The next thing I think that is really important is recognizing that There is no secret, um, recipe that's suddenly going to make it all better that, that, you know, somebody told me once when I was starting out on this journey, well, can you do like a six week program? And I was like, sure, I can do a six week program. It won't work but I could do it. I could sell that. Um, but really it's going to take months and even years to get there. And so really getting committed to And that's really just because people learn in small doses and change has to come over time. And so you can't just, you know, I, you can have all the tools and all the training and all the pieces, but people don't adopt it that quickly. So you've got to kind of um, spread it out over a period of time. So the two things that I think are most important for any any corporation who's wanting to bring out ch- about change is one, having commitment and alignment at the top, and two, recognizing and being committed to small um, changes and incremental progress over a period of one to two years. Okay. So that
1: is a huge investment just from the leadership themselves, acknowledging where they are and what they want to be, because The rest of us follow, right? We have Mm -hmm. to follow. We have that's why you are the leader. We are to follow your example. When you are giving this program one to two years, that sounds, you know, initially like it it is a huge commitment. Do you feel that uh, from your experience, corporations are like, yes, let's make this commitment, or like, oh, that's not a six-week program. That might be a little too much. Where do you feel like the flow is right now?
0: Well. I think what what you can see and experience right now is a lot of challenge in workplaces, in a lot of different workplaces. We're right in the midst of the Great Resignation. Heard again recently that we might see a second wave of the Great Resignation. Um, anywhere you go, you see signs up. You know, we're hiring, and they can't fill positions or keep shifts open. It's a really, really challenging time right now. So I think we're in a place where we we're where corporations don't necessarily have um, the the full um, the corporations don't necessarily have the full uh, upper hand at this point. That people mm. and and people's desires and people are making decisions with their feet around what they want in life, what they want in terms of a workplace. And so, I think that for most workplaces. It, it could actually be overwhelming to try to do it all at once. Um, and if instead you can put together a program that allows you to move in the right direction, your employees will begin to see that progress. They'll see that change. And that doesn't mean you can't make a lot of progress right up front. It's just that it's not going to be sustained unless you put in pra- place the, uh, the practices that will allow it to continue. Yes. And, and that is a really big
1: thing too, because when you're, when you are rising up to your best life, when you're saying, okay, looking back that I remember being raised up um, for my family that once you had a job, like you stayed loyal to it. Right. And now that is not my opinion <laughs> I mean, and I'm as loyal as, and I mean, I mean, and I say this to my own employers because I've been, you know, the down, there what is it the the downsizing. I've lost my job because the company, you know, it's no longer the same way. What What would you say when you are in a place that you are in a great resignation? You are looking at your resignation letter, but you're also looking at what strengths you have. What would you look at for a company, um, so far as their culture? You know, where the interview works both ways.
0: For me, I would be looking at how they treat their people and how they invest in their people. So, what are their programs and what are their practices, and do they um, and are they structured in such a way that it demonstrates they trust their people? Because when you invest in and when you care about the people who work for you, you trust them to do good work, and that means you're not focused on um, all of the micromanagement. You're not focused on you know some of the the. Lots of concern about how they manage their time or flexibility or hours or some of those things. You give them. Uh, the, the empowerment to make those decisions and make those calls themselves. So if right. I were looking at that in a, in a workplace as an employee, that's what I would be really looking for is how are people treated? What are the practices and, and things that the organization does? And not just do they offer training or do they have a fancy learning management system or those types of things? Because those are easy to just fund and have in place without actually having the backup mm-hmm. and the meaning and the intention behind them.
1: Yeah, that's a great point that a lot of people can have this, but that doesn't mean anything afterwards, right? Here's your resources. So what would you like to change? Like you're, you're, you're changing your life. You're coming out of corporate, opening up your own company, doing all this. What is in the rising for Jessica teaching? What is in your future?
0: So I really want to, um, help as many people as possible live exceptional lives, So I went through and part of what got me here was going through a pretty, some pretty tough, tough challenges. You mentioned I have three kids, two of them are twin two-year-old girls, um, and they were nine months old when COVID hit. Um, they Mm -hmm. also consequently, uh, had a dairy intolerance and could not, um, we got extremely sick from any type of formula. So I was trying to be a vice president in a company transitioning to remote work over it and talent management and legal. I'm, I'm also an attorney. And, um, and I have these two babies that I'm trying to keep fed. And, um, and it was crazy. It was so hard. And I worked so hard and I worked such long hours and tried to manage through, you know, COVID with, three kids at home, my husband and I both working, trying to tag team the kids. I mean, it was just crazy. And so many people went through it, right? So many people went through those challenges. And that's what really led me to write the book and say, there's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way for us to live and work in a way that we can both make money in business and do what's necessary for business, but also do right by people and have Mm -hmm. it be about more than just profit, have it be about people and let the profit follow. And so that is really what I want to see change. And my goal is actually to impact 5 million people in the next five years, that if we can impact 5 million lives and have 5 million people living more exceptional lives, what a, a major impact that that could be in the world today. Yeah.
1: That's not even really a footprint that I don't know what kind of word that is, but it's huge. And I love that. I love that goal. It goes back to maximizer That is, <laughs> you want to maximize that. And I think, and, and what I love is what you said is if you address the people, the prophets will follow you serve people, you're a servant leader. If you fo- if you foster people, the money comes, it mm-hmm. just, it just flows. It's just a natural process. And so, gosh, I feel like I've learned a lot from you. I am truly grateful for this opportunity. And, you know, my hands are up to being a remote worker, vice president with two children (laughs) that are twins and another one as well. And, you know, and and yet you made it work and still built a business and wrote a book. So obviously it can be done where there is a will, there is a way. And um, when you follow your strengths, look what you can do.
0: I, I love it. Yeah, you can do so much. And that is why I poured my heart into the book, The Exceptional Life Revolution, and really looking at how I can help people to live that exceptional life, to evolve their performance and who they are, so that they can have that same opportunity to have those yeah. exceptional experiences on their journey.
1: So Jessica shared so many valuable points that if we increase our effectiveness at work, we increase our effectiveness in life because for the majority of us, that is where we spend a great deal of time. And knowing what your absolute strengths are can make you shine in that and make you feel Like, you know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. I would love for you to share this with other people. If you're listening to it on a podcast, go ahead and leave it a five-star review. Or if you're watching it on YouTube, subscribe and send it and share it with other people. It is so important to put this in the hands and ears of those that can benefit. And until next time, let's keep building one another up.